Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you for your presence and the the devotion, the Sunday school, the discussion today. We thank you, Lord, that they can get into deep discussions and talk about uh, the concern to look at scripture. And we thank you right now that you allow us to delve into your word. Today we thank you for this morning's devotion. And as we prepare to hear the word of God, we thank you that our hearts have been prepared. Now keep us alert. Keep us awake. Keep us mindful that we are in the very presence of the almighty God. We do give you the glory. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to keep Brother Latouris and his family in prayers. His wife lost, was it her grand, her father, her grandfather. So we want to keep. Matthew 21, verses 33 through 41. Now, this passage in Matthew is going to be recorded in the books of Mark and Luke. I'm only going to read the passage in Matthew, but I'll give you the scriptures for your reference so that when you get home or you're reading, you could um, compare this story. It's pretty much give the same account, but Matthew 21, 33 through 41. Then in the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. And then you will find this passage in Luke chapter 20, verses 9 through 16. And this is how it reads in Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 33. And I am skipping from chapter where I was as I have kind of preached this at times in the recent past. So I'm going over to various passages in Matthew that between 20 and 21, so I'm going to pick up now at verse 33, Matthew 21, verse 33. This is how it reads. Here another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get, to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to, these, to those tenants? They said to him, he will Put those wretches to a miserable death and let out or rent out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their season. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. As a title for this message, which you may have seen on the board as you came up, 
is refusing to honor the terms of the agreement. Refusing to honor the terms of the agreement. With great privilege comes great responsibility. There is a tendency to believe that the passing of time entitles you and me, and me, it entitles us to own something that you are actually only made a steward of. Sometimes we think that time in and of itself allows us to gain something that really does not belong to us. What has been entrusted to your care must always be remembered as a gift and not a right. You have been given a gift by God. Whenever we forget that God has given us a gift, we will begin to misuse the gift that has been entrusted to our care. Point number one. Point one is entrusting the care of the vineyard to renters. Entrusting the care of the vineyard to renters. I'll be primarily looking at verses 33 and 34 for this first point. Now, the owner of this vineyard was a most gracious and hardworking man. Most gracious and hardworking. There are four things that we see in Matthew's account that he does regarding this vineyard. Four things, and it's right there in the text. One, we note that he planted a vineyard. It was the owner of the house who planted the vineyard. The second thing that we note, well, let me say one other thing on this first point. It would be hard work in preparing the ground for this vineyard. You need to note that. It takes preparation. The second thing is that he put a fence around it. Now, it is believed by some that this fence was probably thorns as it would keep out animals and thieves. You see, people can just jump over a fence. But getting through a thorn bush would be most difficult and painful. Uh, The third thing is that he dug a wine press to collect the juice. Now, according to John Butler, there there was the wine. The wine press had two receptacles. The upper one was about eight feet square and four feet high. In this, the grapes would be thrown and would be trodden down by men. And then the juice would run down into the receptacle or the, or the cistern below. Two receptacles. So we note that the third thing, there's a wine press. And fourthly, he builds a watchtower to oversee the vineyard. Now the next thing that we notice is that when it is ready, the Bible says that he leased the vineyard out. He leased it out to renters. A tenant can save themselves a lot of trouble and heartache when they understand that they are not owners. Very quiet. You can save yourself a lot of heartache and pain when you understand that being a renter does not mean you own the property. 
there would have been an agreement between this landowner and the renters when he's going, when he's about to, to rent this land out to them. They would have entered some type of agreement. We know that in our reading that the terms included the owner receiving a portion of the fruit when the time came. Note that he is not asking for all of the fruit, but he is asking for what was the agreed upon amount or the terms of the agreement. There are a lot of people that are not, that's not living up to their agreement. A lot of people that's not living up to the terms, to the terms by which they signed on the dotted line. When you sign on the dotted line, you are agreeing to abide by the terms of the agreement. I know that a lot of you want to break the agreement, but if you sign on the the dotted line, now oftentimes the straight line, you are bound to obey and to adhere to the terms of and if you decide that you want to break it, it gives you the privilege and the right to break the terms of the agreement. But you've got to go through the process. The tenants did not do anything to prepare the ground. They did not do anything to prepare the land. They did not build the fence. They did not dig the wine press. And they did not build the tower. All they had to do was to come occupy and take care of the land. That was the agreement. The landowner did all the work. There are a lot of people that's wanting to take credit for what God has done. There are a lot of people that's looking to gain credibility and to earn some type of favor for themselves for what God himself has done. God has done a work in your life and yet you want to take credit for it. All they had to do was to take care of the land. Do the work and fulfill the terms. And enjoy the benefits of what the land was going to produce. Do you not know that the world in which we live, it it, it will supply food for you. If you go out and plant and do certain things, do you not know that, that, that if you plant certain things, the land will do its job and give you food? My daughter told me one night when I was trying to hurry up and make the water boil faster. I'm looking at the water and saying, come on. She says, Dad, looking at the water does not make it boil any faster. I said, you're right, and laughed along with her. But we can get a, come on, microwave, come on, minute. Put something in a minute, and you are hoping that it gets done in 15 seconds. What's taking it so long? It has to run its course. When you as a renter have entered an agreement, you have agreed to take care to pay what the terms of the agreement are. Too many people want to act like squatters. When they have entered an agreement, do you know what a squatter is? 
They'll go in and they will occupy a land. They will occupy something and they will somehow think that they have the right to it and nobody can say anything to them or take it from them. You must understand that you don't have squatter rights. You don't have squatter rights. In this agreement with this landlord, we see the grace of the owner as he was willing to wait until the vineyard produced before he got the fruit. That would have been a matter of years. The landlord entered the agreement with them and he was willing to wait until the fruit came. Isn't that tremendous? Did all the work. Laid out the terms, and he is willing to abide by the terms that's been set from the beginning. And in his grace, he was willing to wait until the fruit produced. You need to get that point. There's a spiritual application there for you. You see, there's a work that is being done in your life by God, and he is looking for a return. But he will allow the fruit to develop in your life and allow you to be able to show forth the fruit before he demands payment. He will take you through the training. He'll take you through all that you need to do. But somehow in life, we sometimes think that because of the passing of time, we no longer have to fulfill our obligation to what God and for what God has done for us. And so time passes and we refuse to honor God with our life. Even though God made us, we say, I belong to myself. What a generous landlord to wait and to expect the fruit only to come to find out that those that have taken possession somehow have come to believe that they now own what belongs to him. One really would expect that these tenants would really be most gracious, but like people will do, we tend to forget the generosity of what has been granted us. We tend to forget how blessed we are, and we look to see how we can get more without paying the full price. When it was time to collect, the landlord, in his mercy and grace, sent his servants to the tenants to collect what belonged to him. Now note that the landowner is honoring the contract He chose to send his servants who represented him with the expectation that everything would be honored as initially agreed to. What promises and what did you agree when when the Lord blessed you? What did you agree to? When the Lord, for those that are saved, what, what did you agree to? What did you tell the Lord you were willing to do? Did you say that you were willing to obey his word? What promises did you make? You see, whatever the agreement is, it's got to come from the word of God. 
did, did, did you add an extra clause in the contract? And, and, and are you the only one who knows about that extra clause? You see, once a, a person sometimes tends to forget what they initially agreed to, they began to come up with their own terms. And somehow begin to feel and to believe that the owner somehow is obligated to abide, to abide and to obey those terms. Who told you to make up your own terms? These tenants began to make up their own terms and somehow felt that they were justified. Which brings me to point two, dishonoring the contract. And repaying grace with cruelty. Dishonoring the contract. And repaying grace with cruelty. Matthew 21, 35, 39. The landowner land showed these renters kindness and trustworthiness. And that he sent his service, servants to collect what was his. There was no reason for the landowner himself to go to the tenants to collect the fruit because he was operating in good faith. He is abiding by the terms of the agreement with them even though he owns the land. When we consider how wonderful this landowner has been, one wonders what was the original mindset of the renters. What was their original mindset? Did they ever have a heart to honor the contract? Were they scheming from the very beginning, even though they were recipients of a most wonderful gift and opportunity? Did they enter this contract with the idea from the beginning of not honoring it? Ungratefulness Ungratefulness and the inability to see what one has will cause one to lose the blessing that has been bestowed upon him or her. Listen carefully. Your ungratefulness and the inability to see what one has will cause one to lose the blessing that has been bestowed upon you. The children of Israel had been given a wonderful blessing by God. They had been most blessed by the Almighty and that he chose them to be the initial chosen ones of his grace. The initial, get that, the initial chosen ones of his grace. However, when God sent his prophets, his teachers, his leaders to them, to lead them and to give them his word, they were mistreated. These individuals that God sent were mistreated, were mistreated by the children of Israel. Some were beaten, some were stoned, some were thrown into a cistern. Some were even killed. Now in this parable that Christ gives, grace continued to be extended to these landowners in the fact that he continued to send servant after servant to collect the fruit. He continued to honor the contract and says, I I'm going to send more. And every time he sent more, it was an act of grace. When God blesses you, 
and you out there acting a nut, it's an act of grace. It's an act of mercy. When, when the Lord protected you from that, that accident, it's an, act, it's an act of God's grace. You, you, you need to understand that things you don't see, God is moving behind the scenes to protect you. And somehow we come to realize and call people names. What were you doing? It was God's mercy that kept you from being taken out of here. Now we note that it is Jesus who was telling this parable. With the telling of this parable, we note it is significant to observe that finally the son was sent to the renters because they were beating up the servants. The children of Israel mistreated the prophets and those that God had sent. And if you will note, Isaiah chapter 5 talks about God's vineyard. God's vineyard. Write that down. Read Isaiah chapter 5 in connection to this. Because it talks about the vineyard and how it was cared for and it produced wild vines where the Lord had cultivated and had cared for. How the world is what God has produced and has cared for. How is it producing wild vines? Wild fruit? What are you producing in your life? God has blessed you, has put things in you. You see, what you do not so much at church, but away from church really reveals, as I told you before, your character. How you act away from everybody else when nobody's looking is how you really are. Doesn't mean you won't have problems, but do you go back and take, you know, I'm sorry, I, I didn't do that right, I'm sorry. Honoring the terms of the contract. The renters beat up everybody that was sent to them. Now get this, the Lord is talking to the religious leaders in this parable. This is at the time when the Lord is about to go to the cross. And, and, and he tells this parable as they have killed and beat up various servants and the one that God has sent to them. And finally the Lord says, I'm going to send my son because clearly they're going to honor and, and, and recognize my son and, and do right by him. But what the landowners do... It is possible that through the tower that they had that had been built, they see the sun. Here comes the sun. And they began to reason with themselves that let's kill him. And so if we kill him, this all will belong to us. All belong to us. Mine. Did they forget that they didn't plant the vineyard? Did, did they forget that the fence was not built by them? And somehow they, they must, have, must have lost perception of what they were given. Hmm. 
when we consider what God does in our lives. And the Lord comes and says, can I have a portion, even though he owns it all? What do you do? Do you squirm? Do you close up? Do you tell God, I am changing the terms of the agreement? I know I, I, I agreed and in your word I'm supposed to do this, but, but I, I, I just ain't, I'm not going to do it. Not, not that you can't, I am not going to do it. And so you say I'm saved and love the Lord and yet you are not obedient to him. How can you say you love me and not obey me? How can you not do what I say? You, you, you see, the love for God is expressed by our obedience to him. It ain't based on how you feel. Yeah, God's concerned about your feelings. But I tell you, that is not what rules and moves God. If you agreed, if there's an agreement, there has to be an obligation and a willingness to do what one has agreed and is supposed to do. God comes to collect and he comes back to say what has been produced. I want you to get this. God has placed an investment in you. When he comes to collect, what will he receive? Think about it. Don't, just for yourself, not somebody else, just you. He's put an investment in you. What is going to be the return. We are often like renters in this story. We take God's time, his money, his health, all of the provisions that were given to us as a gift. And when it comes to offering back our gratitude of what he has blessed us with, we often repay his kindness with ingratitude. We repay, we repay God's Kindness within gratitude. We note that in this parable, the renters decided to kill the son in order to have everything. In verses 49, in verses 39 through 41, in their response, the owner of the land uh, said that. Because of what they've done, he asks them, what do you think the owner's going to do? He asks the religious leaders this question. He will come and kill them and, and rent out the land to others. Here they are indicting themselves. Get this point here. Their initial thought was, this will all be ours. They weren't satisfied with what they had. They were willing to risk everything for having the best. They were willing to risk losing everything when they had the best. 
They had the vineyard. They worked the land. They could enjoy the fruit. They had it all. But their ingratitude was about to cause them to lose everything. Now get this. It was to the privileged who were already chosen by God to be the heirs of his salvation. At this point, talking about the Jewish nation. But you'll miss if you're not careful. He will rent it out to others. Who are the others? You and me. We are the ones to where we're going to be the recipients. And get this. The recipients are showing ingratitude. Understand, you were extended a provision because the first group said, no. You were slid in. Okay, he was always already his plan. I'm going to bless you and show you. I'm going to, in fact, you don't believe me. I I know you don't believe me. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. Turn turn in your Bible. No, you, you, you don't believe me. I'm going to show you. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. Turn to Acts chapter 13. I'm going to soon be done for today. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And, and, and follow me down to verse 46. Acts 13. And this is what it says at verse 46 through 48. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles. That you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this. They began rejoicing. And glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed. To eternal life believed. You were brought in because a group said no. And now, those that have been brought in have now turned a deaf ear to the landowner, to the king. Now, what sense does that make? When you you were, were out there wild and he brought you and grafted you in, I say that somebody forgot the terms of the agreement. Refusing to honor the terms of the agreement. Hmm. Have you forgotten the privilege offered and given to you? Have you forgotten how good God has been? That he's given you everything and, and has blessed you. And now when he comes to collect, you sometimes, you somehow say, I don't remember. Who are you? 
Well, remember this and understand this. That God's provisions only go and last so long. See, God is the most gracious God. But you see, one thing that we've got to remember, one day God will come back as judge. Right now, we're in this, this matter of, of grace and God's mercy and provisions and all that God has to give. But God's judgment will one day come. And those that were, that were in this parable that came to Christ... They still didn't get it, and they killed him. They went to the, to Pilate. They went to Herod, and, and they're saying, we want this man dead. And so the son that was sent by the landowner representing Christ, not only did he get taken out of the area, in fact, out of the garden, out of the place of Jerusalem, he was put on a hill, Golgotha's hill, and was killed. By those very ones. And so we see in this parable that it really was carried out by them in, on the life of Christ. Surely the landowner said, they're going to honor my son. But they said, let's kill him. What do you think about Jesus? What, what, where do you stand as a renter? Are you, are you dishonoring the contract and repaying God's grace with cruelty? Or are you saying, I'm going to honor the agreement that the master, the landowner, has made with me? Today, you need to take personal inventory. This parable is a very telling parable of an attitude of ungratefulness. Cruelty to grace, of God's grace, and unwilling to honor the terms of the agreement. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? Are you saying, Lord, thank you for grafting me in, and I'm going to honor the terms of the agreement? Bow your heads. Today, Lord, we have come to recognize that. We have not honored the agreement as you have laid out. There are times when we have taken your grace and taken uh, the agreement, and when it has come time to collect, we have held back and said, it all belongs to me. You have done all the work. You've laid the foundation you put everything in place, and you've given it time to grow. And when it has now come to time, when it has come time to reap, we have not held up our part. We all stand guilty. Oh, we, we, we at times have, have done a good job of saying, Lord, I'm sorry, and then for a short time go forward. But then we tend to still forget your marvelous, marvelous grace. How kind you have been to us. And how you have, Lord, allowed us to be able to be recipients here. Now, we pray today that we will uh, go back to the contract Say, Lord, we want to renegotiate and say, God, 
our renegotiation just simply says, I'll obey. And, and, and pray that you will help me now to honor the terms that have already been laid out and that you will help me to carry it out. We cannot do this ourselves. You've already laid the foundation. You've already laid it out. Help us now to just honor the agreement. We are a most blessed people because we have the truth of God's word. Today we pray that we will honor you and how we live and show it by how we love and give back to you. May we remember our rightful place. May we never forget that we really are are managers and stewards. That that what you have already done, all the planning that you've done, that we have just come in to occupy and to say thank you. We love you today and we bless you. Now keep us as we leave this place. We honor you. Before you go, let me just ask you this. For those of you who have, let me say it this way, that have not honored the agreement, and you know, you got, got to do better. I, I, I'm willing to honor the agreement. I'm willing to, to look at this parable and look at where do I stand and willing to go back and make changes and to say, Lord, I want to do that which is right. If you're willing to do that, I just need to know if you would raise your hand to say, I I'm willing. I see your hand. I, I, I'm willing, and, and I'm going to reevaluate to make sure, to see where, where am I falling short. Amen. For those, Lord, who raise their hands, I pray a special blessing upon them today. That simply by their, the raising of their hands, that you would do a, an extra work in their lives of grace and mercy. That you will take them and, and show them things that they have not even seen before. Reveal areas that they have not seen before. And help them in a way that they never even thought possible. We pray that God you will take the hand raising as a way of saying I surrender this to you Lord. And So today we honor you and we bless you and we give you the glory in Jesus name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May God keep you. And may he bring you back safely next time. God bless you.